Welcome to the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Blix. This is Trav. And this is Mark Kenny from All Games Considered. Welcome, Mark, to the TriTech Games Podcast. Your podcast of finding out things that you never knew. And this week, we're talking with Mark Kenny from All Games Considered because he not only is All Games Considered an award-winning podcast, but they also have touched so many luminaries in the field that we figured that they would be the best possible choices of letting us know about what's the best way of promoting whatever, whether it's your podcast, whether it's your webpage, webcomic, your game. Mark's here to be our resident guru, and we want to thank you very much for taking the time to be with us tonight. Thanks for having me on. So, Mark, yeah. do you guys want to move on to the process? Okay. You go with that. Anybody else have any other thing they want to talk about before that? Sounds great to me. Yeah. Okay. So, Mark, we, we've talked about our process here, and, and we'll, we can go into it again, but what is your guys' process? I mean, like, okay, you all gather up at the same place, and you sit down, and then go. So how does, how does your process work, like your actual – the mechanics of it? What kind of microphones do you use? What kind of recording equipment? What kind of – you know, how does your podcast – how's the mechanism, the machine work? Well, we did a, an episode – one of our, our New Year's shows a few years back. We went through all of the equipment that we still used, and you know, we're, we're still kind of on the inexpensive end of things as, as that goes. Got most of our stuff at like Radio Shack. You know, the, the like $50 microphones from, from, from there. They have this like $60 – mixing board that you can get it's just just the four channels and you can set it to mono or stereo or whatever it's really really simple but it's all that we really need we'll have it all hooked up to together i, I run it through my laptop and we'll get together we've usually done some free work before this mags is sort of our uh quote-unquote news director and, and she'll put together stuff for the news show and we'll go over that briefly we'll record that Hopefully, we'll have a topic for the main show by then, whether it's just gaming advice or discussing some event that's happened in the in the game industry or something like that. And then we'll go into that with the main show. And then if there's other stuff, we'll pick that up on uh, on separate shows after that, like a review or something like that. And this will change somewhat if we have an interview where we've got somebody Skyping in, then we'll usually prioritize that and take care of everything else later. We use Skype, obviously. I've been recording with Power Grammo, which has worked fairly well for me. What is that? I mean, what's, what's that software? Power Grammo. Okay. I've never heard of it. We use, like, we use Audacity. So what's, what's Power Grammo like? I think there, there are levels going from like $5 to, I think twenty, depending on like if you want to have be able to put to drop in sound effects, and I think to have more than two people recorded is like the ten dollar level or something like like that. And there's a, a basic free version too, but it, what it does is it will hook in directly to 
Skype itself. I've done the recording interviews using Audacity off of Skype, and then I know that you can have weird issues with that sometimes. And it, it just kind of gets away from all of that. It doesn't give you a whole lot of audio control necessarily within the file as you're recording, but we usually have some other ways that we use to deal with that. Like as far as equaling out sound, we use a, a, a program called Levelator. Yeah, we know that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when your show is done, that's your recording process. Oh, all right, hold on. Just, you guys are all in the same room, right? right? You all sit down at the same table and record. Like every show, does anyone ever call in or anything like that? It happens sometimes, but we do try to keep it as live, quote unquote, as possible because we've actually had people mention that it, it, it seems to have a bit more energy that way. That's yeah. We miss the fact we can't see each other. We respond to each other's voices, but we don't do that. On the other hand, I would recommend, even if I was having a sit-down type of podcast, that people who are sick come in over Skype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 so, so then, who, who edits your show? That's usually me. Every once in a while, one of the others will take it over, or if it's something that they've been primarily with, that they would do it. Like, Mags usually edits the news shows. Every once in a while, she'll edit one of the, the other shows. If one of us does a review, we usually hand that off to them to edit. That just saves me from going insane because, wow, it's a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> now, yeah, Bruce knows all about that. When you record, are you doing it on separate tracks, or is everyone on the same track? Uh, everyone is on the same track. I don't. I, I don't have like sound cards in that advanced enough to handle splitting it off onto different tracks. Yeah, but you guys are all in the same room, so you don't have as right. much step on as we do. Right. I just have to adjust everybody's levels every once in a while. They get to talking too loud. I just have to pop them down. And one of our biggest issues is we step on each other, but we can't see each other, so we don't. No, we know. don't step on each other. <laughs> but <laughs> I we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. What's that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> but. That's usually handled in you know in editing, and we yeah. generally unstep everything unless it's like uh, I don't know, unless it fits, unless it's funny. Yeah, or right, unless it's funny. The last one I just did, I had a whole bu- uh, section where I was letting you guys step all over each other because you were just riffing off each other. <laughs> well, that's good. Like, how long does it take you to edit a show? Like, your show is how long is it again? About forty-five minutes or so. Well, it depends on the particulars of the particular episode. A main show goes from anywhere from 45 minutes to it's gone as long as two hours, but that's really rare. Mm-hmm. It's usually in the 45-minute to maybe hour and a half range. Right. When I'm doing that, I'm usually also putting together the show notes, so that slows me down a, a little bit. But you can usually count on about another hour or so on top of, of each hour that you're recording. Thereabouts, if you get when you get really good, maybe two. And also depending on how picky you get about it, you don't want to be too picky because you still want to sound basically human. You know, everybody has those little like little stumbles in that, and you don't necessarily want to eliminate all of them because right. you have this sort of audio version of the uncanny valley. It starts sounding too perfect, and they just and people start to react against that. I think we've gone through our phases of that, haven't we, Bruce? Where we've, we went through and we did super heavy editing, and then I think we've backed off a little bit since then. Uh, no, I pretty much still do it. <laughs> you still? Oh, because on mine, I'm a little liberal. I, I kind of let some of the ums and the uhs and the. Yeah, same here. I, I'm, I do the same thing too when I edit. When I edit some. Because it seems more normal. I, I don't know. 
I used to try to speed it up. I mean, I tried to make you know the longer episodes shorter by trying to add energy by reducing the amount of time between you know pauses, especially people like Trav, who bless his heart. When he has nothing to say, he doesn't say anything. You know, there's an um or uh or what I refer to as a wind-up sentence going on. And I used to cut out all those pauses where he was coming up with the next thing he was going to say and, and saying it well. But I don't do that anymore because I felt like it was beginning sounding too clipped. Like literally it was beginning to sound somewhat artificial. If anyone's ever seen, well, the very first uh, King Kong. It seemed that there were a lot of times where people were like really zipping around and you kind of felt like they'd sped up the film. And I don't want us to sound that way. I want us to sound like what we say is what we intend to say. And that is kind of what, what I aim for is you know, to, to get rid of excessive pauses, but you, you still want to leave a bit there. If it's mm. excessively long, then yeah, you, you do mm. want to trim that. And if I can isolate an um or an uh or something like, like that on its own, where it, it isn't flowing into a word or something like that, then I'll go ahead and I'll cut it. Otherwise, if it seems to be like part of their normal flow of speech, if you cut into that too much, you risk having these these like jump cuts kind of, where you can tell that something has been done there. Right. Usually better to kind of yeah. leave those. I've been stuttering since I was little. Yeah. And so I get to deal with that a lot. I've been recording an episode where I think that... Yeah, I, w- I was smooth, everything's fine, no problem, and I'll just be all over the place as that goes. I'll still leave a bit of, of the stutter in there, but I'll try to see if I can re- reduce it to like not quite the, the, the five-second thing. If I can find a good place where I can make those cuts yeah. and still make it sound natural, then yeah, that, that's what I'll do. I try to reduce it as much as I can, but you know, I leave some of it in because that's who you are. I mean, that's, you know, you, you stutter sometimes, so whatever. You know, I don't try and remove it completely every once in a while. When I've done it, you know, I'll just I'll leave a section in there because a lot of times, like you said, it's one flow to the next, so it's it's very difficult to cut the middle out of it without it sounding like it's been cut. But at the same time, if it's really bad, like that cut is less of a problem than that long portion. Sometimes it's easy because sometimes I'm listening to what I'm saying, what's going on, and realize, oh, it's all gone. And, and I've done that too. If it's not too important, just cut the whole section out. So, in your process, so you. You've recorded it, you've edited it, and now you got your pretty much your final product. Well, you say edited. Now, he does thing that we're trying to do a bit more as of late in the, in the last couple ones. That is, he also puts in the promos. Yes. I actually drop those in while we're recording. There's a software you can get called Jazzler Show. Now, I mm-hmm. don't know how that's going to work with like, your all setup. If you're using Audacity, you may be able to just go ahead and drop them in using that. But it's basically like... A radio cart machine type software. You can mm. you, you have this grid of like twenty five buttons. It's a five by five grid, and you can as- assign audio files to each of those buttons. And I've got all of our show themes on there. I've got promos on there. I've got some IDs on there. And so if I want to drop something in during the, the show, I can just hit that button, and it'll play it over. I'll like I'll like mute everybody's mics while it's running, and that's so I actually drop those in while we're going. Our setup, I don't know if it'll take that because, like, yeah. for example, if, if I play a sound on my computer right now, none of you guys will hear it, and my Skype recorder won't pick it up. However, I do have something, and I do know it works. In fact, I'm setting it up right now to see if it actually works or not. Can you guys hear me? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we right. hear you. I hear you. All right, let's see if this works. Did you hear yeah, it? we heard it. Yeah. 
It's a program called Soundboard, which is available for the Macintosh. Ah, uh, Macintosh. Yeah. What's nice about this one is that you can you can configure different layouts, so you can switch between different layouts. So you don't so you're not stuck with just one board. You actually have multiple boards you can work off of. Hmm. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So we add all our stuff in during the edit. Yeah. Um, now, now using Audacity, I don't know if you ever used Audacity. Do you use that for anything? During our, the actual editing process, I'll usually use uh, Adobe Audition. I've got an okay. older version of that. But I find it's easier to use Audacity when I do the, my actual post-processing, uh, when I'm reducing it down to MP3 files, because I'm still trying to learn how to use uh, Audition a lot, and I've been using it for two or three years now. Audacity, I used a lot in the early days, and I still use it for the uh, for the actual MP3 creation. Now, see, I have Audition and I have SoundForge, and I've tried those, and those are premier softwares. You know, they're like yeah. big deal softwares. And I still go back to Audacity because for what you get out of it, and the amount of effort you have to put into it, and what you know what I needed to do, Audacity really kills it. I mean. Yeah. SoundForge doesn't do multiple tracks. Audition doesn't do multiple tracks in the way you want to do it. You can't like put all the four tracks. Say let's say there's four tracks. You can't put all four tracks in a series and then like select a chunk out of all four tracks and delete it. You have to like do one track and then the other track and then another track. Audacity really does everything we need to do. And you know, I, I yeah. wanted I wanted Audition to do it, you know, because like, oh, this is the premier software. I, this is the one I want to use because I have it. You know, it's going to be better. And it's just, I, I don't know, it's just not. I think Audacity really does the job. You know, when we throw our promos in, I can have stuff overlap, and it, it works great. Absolutely. And uh, we actually do use Audacity to do the actual recording as well. It's, it's mainly just the editing that I use Audition for. And one of the reasons I do that is because since we're all recording live in that, we'll have background noise every once in a while that I have to get rid of. Mm-hmm. I really don't like Audacity's noise reduction. Oh, yeah. It robots everything. Right. I actually have used the noise reduction one time, but it was only because the alternative was so bad I had to. Yeah, I had to do it. Uh, it was some of the One of the interviews I did at, at TotalCon last year, okay. there was a bunch of background noise, and I used the, uh, the noise removal to, to cut all that out, and it worked great. It kind of roboted us a little bit, yeah. Yeah. but... The background noise was worse than the little bit of roboting, so I I went with it because it was just it was it was less annoying than, than the alternative. I find that better mics are better than noise reduction. Yes, it's often good to find a balance between having a certain amount of the background noise versus the, having the mechanical effect of the noise mm-hmm. reduction. There, if you're doing interviews at a convention like Gen Con or something like that, and you're in the in the exhibition hall interviewing someone. You know, even with really high powered noise reduction, you're going to mangle what you're listening to if you try to remove all of the crowd background. And actually, having some of that in there reinforces the whole you know I am at Gen Con right effect. So a little yeah. of that can be good. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that adds to the atmosphere of it. That's, you know, because a person listening to it feels like they're at Gen Con with you in that interview. Yeah. Right. You know, if you cut all that out, it would be like, yeah. well, it was an interview. It was great and everything, you know, but that, that whole the ambiance of the background stuff, people walking around, you know, 
you feel like you're you're really there. It sounds to me like it's a fine line that you're trying to tread. I don't do any of the editing. I look at sound editing programs and my mind just goes, eh. <laughs> it does. I've tried looking at them and I just cannot get the hang of them and tried sitting there and to edit just sound waves for my show and I just mangled it and I'm just like, I'm done. I've tried using this. I don't know what I'm doing. But it sounds to me like when you edit crowd noise, like you just said, it is a fine line where you go, okay, do I edit and make it sound like it's sterile or do I leave it in there just enough or do I leave all the background noise in and would that be too distracting? It didn't sound good because all we heard was people in the background. It's a slippery slope that you're treading when you do that. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the saying, perfect is the enemy of good enough. (laughs) I like that. That's pretty good, Mark. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you're doing your conventions and stuff, what do you record? How do you record that? Because I I have my solution. I I broke down and bought a piece of hardware that'll handle that for me. What do you do? You told me you have your Radio Shack microphones and everything like that, but do Mm -hmm. do you use that and record onto a laptop? How do you capture interviews at, at conventions? Well, as far as the actual interviews, it depends. If we have a place where we can sit down and break all of, of that out, uh, actually, Mags usually brings hers because she has a, pretty much the same setup I do now uh, for the RPG buffet segments. So I'll usually talk her into bringing hers. Uh, as far as just other interviews, we all have our various little digital recorders. Like if we're just going in, into the hall and wandering around and getting interviews, they've got those Olympus recorders and a few years back when i was part of an actual play podcast before the gutter skypes called the roll monkeys (laughs) we used to record that on one of those old um oh what were those things the the eye rivers is this like little mp3 player but it also had a microphone on it that you could record with and when the guy who owned that left the group I ended up buying a Sansa clip, which is a similar thing. It's not quite as extensive as the iRiver was, because you could get a like preamp for the iRiver and all this other neat stuff like that. But this works well enough. I just make sure that we're close enough to the microphone when we're talking. And it saves them in WAV files, and it, <coughs> it's, it's always worked pretty well. Oh, yeah, I have a Sony Walkman MP3 player as an option for voice recording, and there's a little microphone, like a little hole where the microphone is on the bottom of the, the MP3 player itself. Yeah, okay. Right, right. Actually, I just picked up something for the iPad. It's called iRig and the iRig microphone. It's actually a handheld microphone. It looks professional. Plugs into the old jack. I've done some test recordings with it. It has beautiful sound. Uh, the microphone's adjustable. It has three settings. One is you're doing a rock song, screaming at the top of your lungs. You're in a in a noisy area, so you, you, you can put the middle thing, and, and you're in a very quiet. And people are just talking normally. Setting, and you, it's really sensitive at that point. It picks up everything. It works on either your iPad or your iPhone. One bit of hardware that I've seen a couple of people use and I've had highly recommended if you want to put the money in into it is like the, the Zoom H2 and the Zoom H4, which are like handheld recorders with like really nice microphones and that on them and, and that. And I've seen those in use and they seem to get pretty good results. I've never actually used one personally, but I've heard good things. That's what I've done. I went down that road. I didn't get the, the Zoom. I found a special deal online. It was a Tascam. It's basically in the same family as, as those. It's a like a half step down. 
from like a yeah. Zoom. But it got good reviews and everything. And they said, you know, I, I picked it up for a hundred bucks, and they said, you know, for a hundred dollars, this thing is it's really awesome. You know, for the amount of money that you pay for it, because everything is always relative to the amount of money you put into it. You could buy a recording device for sixteen hundred dollars. Of course, that's going to be better than your hundred dollar recorder. But it's all relative. It's like how much money do you have to spend on this. Well, it also depends on how much compression you're playing on putting in your end product. If you're recording this for some high digital studio thing, of course you can't get away with a hundred dollar micro, you know, recording device. That's stupid. I work with gigabyte files, uncompressed, and then the last thing I do is turn it into a sixty meg MP3. At which point, there's not that much of a problem about the quality of the mic anymore. Right. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, it, it all this is relative. So this task camp, you know, it's going to do exactly what we need it to do. My end product is a podcast. So, you know, the podcasts only have a certain high level of fidelity because if I crank the quality of it up, then that makes the download so much heavier. And people don't want that. People don't care. They're like people who are going to download your podcast. They don't need it to be super stereo quality. They're not record executives. <laughs> These are just everyday people. They just want to get the content. They don't want it to be too screwed up. Right. But I'll say this one thing, and that is I think that mono is king. Yes. I ride the train every morning to work. I have so many podcasts that I listen to where I got one guy in one ear and one guy in the other, which means that when I hit a tunnel and that you know, that, that roaring sound – I can't hear these guys anymore. But if I had the sound on both sides, then there was a shot at it. Well, yeah, everything I do is in mono. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and and all our tracks, you know, whenever I do an editing or whenever I do anything for this this new thing that I'm working on, you know, I make sure all the tracks are in mono because I don't think there's any benefit to having stereo in podcasting. I think actually it's it's a deterrent. I think it really you really should everything in mono. I mean, what do you think, Mark? Do you do uh, when you do your stuff? Do you do you put the the tracks in mono so that it's just one track? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah that, that's definitely well, the way uh, to go. Well, I try to keep the music in stereo. If there's music I, and it's music is stereo music, I try. To, I, what I do is I'll export out the talking bit and then put the music bits on the end. So the music's in stereo. Oh yeah, that that's fine. That's fine. I'm talking about like the the talking bits. The, the talking bits of the, the podcast. As the talking is in each channel, then, yeah, that's practically the same. Uh, you know, we'll talk about our process just a little bit real quick, just because I, I know our fans have, have heard some of it, but I don't think we ever – have we ever broken it down, like, from, from beginning to end, from soup to nuts? I think we did way back when we did the first thing on how we do a, a podcast. Well, let's go through it just real quick. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 100 episodes later, so we might as well go ahead and do it again. Right. There might be somebody who hasn't heard it. What's old is new again. Right. We're all in remote locations. We never record anything together other than when I hijack the show for a live show. So we're all sitting in whatever studio we have set up for recording. Oh, wait a minute. At one time, John and I did one live. But anyway, so I personally use a, a blue microphone, and I've converted – uh, a couple of the members over to the to the blue, which is a USB microphone. So basically, my microphone runs right into my computer and it records directly onto the hard drive. So I'm using one. John, are you using a blue? Yep, I'm using a Snowball. A snowball, right? And Bruce and Trav, I think is the only one on our cast that doesn't. 
I have a Microsoft headset. I got it for my. It's it's one of those things. My kid got it for me, so I'm going to use it. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. It's um, like a LX three thousand headset. So so then we we of course run Skype because we're on all we're all over the country. You know, John's on the West Coast. Bruce is down in Atlanta. Uh, Travis in Detroit. I'm in Baltimore, so I'm right on the east. Me and Bruce are on the East Coast. It's basically all around the rim of the United States. So we have to record through Skype, and we use this thing called Free iFree Skype Recorder, which has been working fantastic for us. Since I'm in the Mac, I'm, I've been recording the Mac. I've been using uh, actually the uh, the Mac. The, the it's called Recorder. Though I'm thinking of moving to uh, Hijack, though Hijack for future recordings, because the problem with the one I have right now records anything as a movie. Ah. I have to convert that into an audio file. Hijack lets you go straight to a, to an audio file. So Bruce, Trav, and I use use i iFree, and 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 John uses because John's a Mac guy. Yeah, he's, well, he's a Mac guy. So I'm Bethel. <laughs> but basically, oh god, <laughs> it does a good job, you know. And then we we basically whoever's going to edit the show gets all four tracks. The reason why we do that is because when we we're doing our recordings before. Skype, the quality of your recording, whoever's recording it, they're going to sound great and everyone else is going to sound like whatever that data stream comes in. So if, say, the data stream between Bruce and I is garbage, then Bruce is going to sound like garbage on the whole podcast. And there's nothing I can do about it. So we each yeah. record our own tracks. We send the tracks to the one person, which is generally Bruce, who does most of the editing, pulls it up in Audacity. At least that's, uh, Bruce, that's what you work in, right? They have an import audio, and I just load each of the tracks in, sync them up, and then what I usually do is mute the one that's the other side of the of the conversation since we record on both sides each time. Right. And the reason we do that is because if for some reason somebody track isn't good, or if for some reason we're missing a track, like you know, for example, we're, we aren't expecting one from Mark Kenny, we're going to need to get that off of the group track. Right. That way we have these extras and occasionally uh, somebody will cyborg even, uh, or like you say get something bad but someone else it actually sounds better on somebody else's track I can grab that one from somebody else's track and plug it in to their track and overwrite what they've got and we end up with a better sound right so we line it up and we edit all four tracks at one time so I end up usually with like eight tracks four of which are muted right when we tell people who do this for a living, they look at us and look at me and say, "You guys are insane!" <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> right? How much money are you making doing this? No, no, no. How much is it costing us? It's costing us a ton of time. Right. It, it, it's for the love of the hobby. We like doing it, so we do it. That's what we do. And then once that track is done, you dump it down to an MP3, run Levelator on it. No, actually, Wave, and then run Levelator on it, and then convert it to an MP3. And then upload it to whatever pod hosting site that you have. We use Podbean. Mark, you said you guys use LibSync. Yeah. Then we, you know, we put it up on the web, and then we link that into iTunes, so that if you, you know, if you get us through iTunes, that's where you get it from. Or, uh, and then like mine, I took the option of linking the Podbean to my Facebook page. So whenever an episode gets dumped onto the Podbean site, my Facebook gets an update with a link to it. Oh. Matter of fact, I almost got in trouble one night. My girlfriend was like, I didn't know you stayed up that late. And I was like, what are you talking about? I came to bed. And she's like, she's like, no, you didn't. You were up at 1.30 and you put a show on your, you know, you put a show up. And I was like, no, I, I came to bed. And then I, I realized what she was talking about. And I said, no, no, no. 
Bruce uploaded the show at 1.30. Yeah, I'm the crazy guy who stayed up into the middle of the night to get the podcast ready. <laughs> and it automatically went to my Facebook page and dumped the link on it. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know you did that. I was like, well, why would you? It, you don't listen to my show. You don't You don't really care about that <laughs> that aspect of my life. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She, she, she totally doesn't. She's cool with me doing it. She's totally supportive and she's totally cool with it, but she is not down with it. She does not she's not into the gaming thing. She she understands that I do it. She supports it, but she's not into it. And she's gonna work very hard to change you too. No, no, no. She's <laughs> she knows that's not gonna happen. She's already given in to that's not gonna change. So I told her that I said I am a gamer, get over it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get over yeah. it. If she wants the relationship to last, she better understand that some of us we just have this thing that we've gotta do this. It's in our blood. It really is. You're a gaming widow if you're listening to this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I told her, I said... Or wait, John. John, wait. Or a widower. Widower. Yeah, we got yeah. to be equal on that now. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I told her, I said, I said, look, I'm not sitting on the couch all day Sunday watching football. Yeah, that's true. When we're gaming... We're not going out. We're not carousing. We're not drinking. We're not. We're a bunch of guys. Wait, wait, wait. Well, yeah, I've downed a few while I've run a game at, at my place here. But <laughs> we're there. We're doing something relatively harmless. Yeah. yeah. It's our poker night. It's our right. thing. Yep. And just it's how we are. And it's a package deal with me. The significant others I've had in my life. They know this going in. I'm a gamer. I have my two games a week. One I run, one I'm in. I do the podcast. You know, I'll run a game or play a game at a con. This is a a strong facet of my life. I let them know this going in. We have this, and the best way to say it, it's in the blood. Hey, that's a good question, Mark. I mean, I don't really know anything about your personal life, but, like, um, does any of your gaming hobbies or, or your podcast or anything does that impact anything in your in your personal life at all not really i mean I, I'm, I'm not seeing anybody at the moment so it's it's not going to be impacting that in any event but no it, i've been doing this so long as part of what i do it's you know every other tuesday i do agc we've got the gutter skypes and my local game on their particular days and it's just it is you know mm-hmm. it is what it is yep it's cool Okay, Carol, now you take these notes, and then we're about ready to begin. Okay, sure. Well, what are you two doing here? We don't record until tomorrow. We're making a new promo for All Games Considered, since you were dragging your feet getting one written. Hey. She's right, though. It's been too long, and a lot has happened since the last promo. Yeah, like winning the Gold Any for Best Gaming Podcast for 2009. You mean the one you try to work into the conversation every other episode? Hey. Now, now, there's more than that. There's the new format. You mean the main show every two weeks and the assortment of other features in the meantime? Right, like games you may never have heard of, the review and new shows. Don't forget the RPG buffet. And on the main show, we have more time to focus on gaming topics. Like board and card games. And RPGs. And the people who play them, from the old school to the newest of the new. But But no no changeling. Hey! Find out more at agcpodcast.info. All games considered, because there's more than one true way to play. Anybody got anything we haven't brought up yet? Oh, how about doing promos? There you go. Okay. Because that's thing we, we've had to learn. Uh, yeah. 
and promos go in different sizes. They're like two-minute promos, minute-and-a-half promos, one-minute promos, and 30-second promos. What's the shortest promo you've gotten from somebody? Uh, ten seconds. A ten-second promo? Yeah, that was from the Brilliant Gameologists. Ah. Yeah, I and think I think that the Bears Grove I, one I have comes in at like 15 seconds. Yeah, that's just about as short as I've gotten. We need to do one. We need to do one of those short ones for, uh, you know, like you need to do one for us and we need one for you. One of those really short ones where it's like, hey, when you're not listening to blah, 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 check out the TriTac podcast, boom, boom, boom. You know, one of those real quick ones. That's yeah. right, because the last time that we did one for you guys, it was still the still the Fringeworthy podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, so yeah, we need to do a a new one for you guys then. Right. Yeah. yeah, also, we need to do a new one for my show, because it's still the Fringeworthy podcast. Yeah, I, ju- I just now realize that, yeah. You no, know, yours is about 10 seconds long, isn't it, Trav? I think about that, yeah. Yeah. All right, goal for the new year, new promos. Well, let's talk about it, though. You know, when you make a promo, do you actually write them out? script them or do you wing them or what i have scripted them out in the past i've gone both ways from just the basic here's the information that's kind of what our current promo which mags actually put together a couple of months back is just basic information like little snippets from the show whereas i've tended to like script out little mini plays like the one that you guys have been playing where I show up and they're busy working on the promo that we're recording at the time. Right. There's one earlier one where it's like this guy is going into this game shop trying to find something and is getting no help at all. And then the three of us show up and yeah. you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Have you heard the promo I did for our Hardwired Hinterland game? I don't think I've heard that one. That's a good one. Yeah. It starts out with an action sequence, goes into the promo, ends with the denouement of the action sequence. It's about two minutes long, and I have to actually thank uh, Eric Trout, uh, Blind Geek over Monkey Super Mario Jetpack, and Gutter Snipes for helping me get that thing down from two and a half minutes long to two minutes long. <laughs> John does our music for us. He's got a real talent for it. For finding stuff, yeah. For Well, dude, what, whatever. You, you knock it out of the park every time. Mark, when you're doing your promos, who puts those together? Who comes up with the music and, and all that kind of stuff? I'll usually find some things for those. Uh, like I said, Mags did the most recent one. I'm not sure where she got the music for it. The company that I, I got these from, they don't make these anymore. But I remember back when like T. Morris and them were highly recommending these things called Stack Tracks. Mm-hmm. I got several oh. of those while I was... I, Early on, while while those were still out, and what those are are it's from a company called Digital Juice, and they've got the software you where you can put the disc with the tracks in there, and you can take out certain instruments and that kind of thing, or or isolate oh. instruments and, and and that kind of thing. It's really neat stuff. So you can take some of the same basic tracks and modify them to fit just right. And so I'd been using that a lot. Yeah, because I've, I've been doing that with GarageBand. It actually has bits like that where they have a full or- or- orchestral piece. But then he also provides you all the instruments separately. I learned music as a kid. Like, they have them in uh, various bars. And they're usually like 18 beats or 16 beats or something like that. Loops. So you can actually piece it together and bring in what instruments you want to or bring something else in on top of that for a counterpoint or whatever. Uh, I will find myself spending hours trying to craft a piece of music. First promo music was like that. First one I sent out was a sample track. I, I call it sample track music because I was just basically taking various samples and making mu- making a different music track out of it. Uh, I stopped doing that actually. Now I, I now I actually have access to a whole bunch of uh, music libraries out there that are royalty free. So I just go and find something I look at what I like, and if I want to, I'll add something to the background 
to give it a little amp uh, or spice up a little bit. John, what do you use as your music site? Like, because I know you use PodSafe Music. Where do you go to get that? No, I don't, I don't even use PodSafe Music. That actually, site's going out of business. What I use today, Free Play Music is where my main source. Free Play. Free Play is where my main source is. Uh, also, Blind Geek turned me on to Royalty Free Music or Incompetech. Also, if for sound effects, I buy the sound effect tracks off of like iTunes, whatever. But I also go to Hollywood Sound Effects and Loops. It's a major library. They actually have it on a, on a uh, cart system. Where you prepay for 20 items, and then you just go through and look for them, and sh- yank them off, and there you go. And you can get sound effects that way. And it's fairly inexpensive. Can you get the Scream? Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Scream. Oh, the yeah. Wilhelm Scream. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Wilhelm Scream, the one that they use in like every movie. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> funny. There's a song done by a, a Minneapolis dementia band called Possible Oscar, and the song is called "That Calls for a Wilhelm Scream," and it talks about the history of how it's been used. Oh yeah, oh you have to have the Wilhelm Scream as a sound effect. Just <laughs> right, right. I mean, just as an homage because it's 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 so cheesy, so used that I don't know. It's just funny to use it. I can probably find it. Uh... Oh, yeah, you can trust me, you can find it. That has got to be in the common, what, the, the the commons by now? Public domain, probably. It's got to be public domain. No, this is where it gets complicated. Yeah, because a particular composition yeah. and re- recording of that composition can be still copyrighted, so it, it gets kind yeah. of... Everywhere, it's all over. That's what I'm saying. This thing has been used to death. I'm willing to bet it's 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 common, but maybe not. I mean, I'm just saying yeah. it it has been used like crazy. It's it's like famous for how much it's been used. There are a couple of other places like that you can find stuff. The Free Sound Project is a good one for finding like music oh. loops and uh, sound effects and that kind of thing. Oh. They're under a Creative Commons sampling license. You have to mm-hmm. cite what you use, obviously. That you can find a lot of neat stuff there. Which one was it? Was it called Free Sound Project? I'm sorry, it's freesound.org. Oh, yeah, I've been there. It's not really one for making music out of, but it's good for getting effects and stuff. And you can get, I think you get some kind of music stuff, but not, not yeah. really good for that, per se. A lot of folks were, ma- were making GarageBand loops, and therefore there's a lot of these loops sites for GarageBand. There are technically attribute. You have to attribute who music comes from. But it, it's but it's pretty much Creative Commons uh, licensing for the for the loops because they're making loops for other people to use in GarageBand and making to make other music. Yeah, and there's a lo- a lot of interesting Creative Commons licensed music out there. As long as you pay attention to the what you have to do to use it, you can find some excellent stuff there. Like All Games Considered, theme song is a Creative Commons licensed song. It's a <laughs> attribution licensed so we have our little thing at the end where we uh cite the song and it's been with us for six years now. uh yeah yeah the creative commons license yes there is a site mm-hmm. that those of us on dementia radio hawk and we work with it's called the fump.com it's the funny yes. music oh you've heard of them yes uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> rob Alder and devo spice are friends of mine yeah, they use the Creative Commons license to make the songs that are that that are uploaded on the site. You can get from that. So yeah, I'm marginally familiar with the Creative Commons license. And plus, one of the things that I've encountered personally, and I've I've heard about on other podcasts as well, is that you can scour MySpace for bands that you like, 
And a lot of times if they're not like a big band, if nobody's ever heard of them, if you write them and you say, hey, I want to use your music for my podcast, you know, I don't make any money or whatever. I can't afford to pay you anything and this would be a free, totally free thing. Are you cool with that? A lot of times they're totally fine with it. Oh, yeah. This group called Erdenstern does uh, RPG CDs. And they basically make music for RPGs for you to play in the background. And they're fantastic. It's an awesome band. I contacted them and said, you know, I was doing some stuff and I was wondering if I could use any of your tracks. Sure, use whatever you want. Just credit us in your podcast with a link to our page. So long as I say music by Stern, go to earnedstern.org to get more music or find them on Stern on iTunes. I've met their requirement. And I can use anything that they have, and they have like 10 CDs, 10 full CDs of just really awesome RPG-type music. I use, well, it's a turntable remix of Rob Zombie's More Human Than Human. They're, it's done by a group called the Executioners. When I had the MySpace page, I linked it to theirs, and they haven't had a problem. They haven't come after me for using Of course, I don't get paid for doing my show it's just the theme for my show but yeah it myspace it seems that the one thing that you can still use it for is if you are a band and you want to put out your music because facebook well there's Bandcamp because as i said i i know comedy music artists and Bandcamp is just coming now into play where like tom smith and carla albrecht they can sit there and okay, I'm using Bandcamp and you can get to my music library via this and they put it on their Facebook feed. That's just recently, like Tom did his within like the past, oh, two, three weeks. And Tom's pretty up on things of musical nature because he's primarily an artist. So, As a little introspective on uh, what's going on with uh, MySpace, uh, as I understand it, Justin Timberlake bought into MySpace. He bought a principal interest in it. And his goal is to develop it for bands to interact with their fans and to help indie bands get started. As I understand, and it's the one thing that MySpace was always good for, the one thing that I actually liked it for was the fact that it was really good for bands to get music out. You know, I found a lot of bands that I liked through MySpace. I I didn't like the other aspects of MySpace. Yeah, yeah. It was just too chaotic. Oh, yeah. But for band pages, it was great, and I think that's what he wants to do with it. I think he wants to make it a, a social network for bands and their fans to interact on a personal level. That's what it would be good for, and I think that's why you know it's still holding up that way. And like you're saying, Trav, you can find music, and I was saying earlier, you can find music through MySpace. It's, it's a good medium for that. Oh, yeah. It's still, even to this day, with all the other social networking that sites, you know, Facebook, Google+, Twitter – that MySpace has still held its own because of bands. The lady that's on two hours before my show, her husband performs under the name Soggy Potato Chips, and he still puts his stuff (laughs) out. Yes, that's the name of what him and his brothers are in the band. Yes, I I don't pick the name. But Alcav, his stage name, he still puts his stuff out on on MySpace, and I gave him a lot of grief for it. I'm like, come on. And I thought, after, you know, I bust his chops. I mean, he and I are friends. It's just, you know, I, I give him a lot of grief about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. MySpace, that's the one thing that it's still good for. Because you can't put your music up on the other social networking sites. And I realize until somebody comes along with something much better, MySpace is still going to have a place for bands and their stuff. 
when you create a website these days, yeah, you can use a bit more than like six letters for your website name for your URL. TritagSystems.podbeam.com. A lot easier to remember than TTRSK2PY. You know, whatever. You know, <laughs> repeat it twice because people will will start realizing, oh, they're getting the address, and they'll forget the first three letters. If you repeat it. A second time, they will get those missing letters of your URL for your podcast and your promo. Things are in threes. If you yeah. remember things in threes, that helps a lot too. So it's like if you're if we're hawking the Podbean site, you know, we'd say it, then say it a little later, and then at the end of the show, say it again. It's yeah. that the whole third time's a charm thing. So yeah. Let's wrap this up. I have the steak. Where's its heart? We can pound it in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis of the show was talking about promoting your podcast. Mm-hmm. You were doing a podcast for a, you know a game in, in the gaming industry, whatever facet you're doing. Like for example, we're the official podcast of TriTech Systems, but all games considered is all role playing games. Period. Considered. Yeah, considered right. What is the biggest takeaway from that? For promoting your podcast, and I'll start with Mark. What do you What do you think? Like the the number one hint, clue, piece of advice you'd give somebody for uh, promoting their podcast to do that? Follow the rules, and this is primarily in regards to things like uh, forums and that kind of thing. Hopefully, you're actually active on a, a given forum anyway. A lot of forums will have a promotional section or will let you put a thing in your like, signature line. Or They can get testy if you're really, really pushing too hard. So it's a matter of you know getting the balance just right. So you think forums is, the, is the, one of the best places to kind of push your product? If you do it correctly. I mean, you know, there are some very active general gaming forums out there, RPG.net. There's several other sites like that. And, you know, you'll have people there who would be interested in that. And every once in a while, you'll have, they'll have threads of, you know, what podcasts do people listen to? As long as you have a grasp on exactly, you know, how the community is in general feels about promotion and, and that kind of, of thing, it can be a good thing. You want to be careful because, like, uh, particularly on RPG.net, they've had some guys coming in to promote their games who were particularly ham-handed about it and then never posted again. And that tends to be frowned upon very heavily. So it's a matter of... Spam bots. Exactly. Basically, they come in, scream, listen to this, and then gone. Yeah. From our end, guys, what do you think? I mean, I'm going to say I think conventions are are a good way to get the word out, but I don't know that they've, they've really generated a lot for us. I think reaching out to other podcasts is probably the best thing I've seen that, that we can do. We definitely need to make another promo for our podcast. 60 seconds or less. Yeah. I think we also need a lot more live play episodes. I mean, as great as the stuff has been over at Monkey Stole My Jetpack, we only have one actual live episode that we've done ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I'm working on. I'm working on. Trouble is, I can only. I can. I can work on editing my live play sessions, or I can work on getting Savage Worlds fringeworthy out. I'm not pointing at you, John. Recently, I ran a short episode 
uh, just a demo for the guys in my gaming group. And after it was over, I was like, man, why didn't I record that? Because then I could have just thrown it, put it right onto our feed, and people would have said, "Hey, that's what it's like playing hardware Interland." Well, you know, maybe I'll um, I'll try and do that for uh, TotalCon. I'll, I'll I haven't scheduled any games for that, but I did want to run the Germany one. That's really a good, uh, really good adventure. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I'll try and run that one and maybe record that. And- well, I'm going to tell you right now, from talking to other people who have done recordings, you'll want two mics. Okay. Cover cover both sides of the table. Uh, yes, yes, they all claim that they have a, uh, they all have a uh, complete around. No, they don't. They, 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 it's more like a heart shape. So it, the person right exactly opposite the mic will probably not be as well heard as the person right in front of it. If I do that, I'll drop my mixing board down and give everybody their own mic. That works too. Yeah. So I get the little Microsoft mic thing on a plastic rod. <laughs> okay. So, so conventions and going on forums. Is there any other way you guys can think of? Actually, what you've been doing, networking. Yeah. Networking. I've been doing a lot of that. Yes. Social and word of mouth, obviously, is the best <laughs> one. That goes back to networking. If you know the right person <laughs> and you tell them, you know, you whisper in her, hey, you know, we're doing this, that right person can make things spread like oil on water, just yeah. boom. And then <laughs> you set it up, they set it off, it's all good. As a matter of fact, uh, Balticon, when we're early weekend is when Balticon is every year. I've already got my invite for that, and they're already asking me what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. So, and that comes from my networking. If you've been to our website, you should. You hopefully you've seen that there's like there's three tabs on top of our website: home, about, and promote the TriTech Games podcast. <laughs> That's where you find all our active promos right now we probably we probably could put a couple more up there but that's where we put our promos so that you the listener can download one and hand it off to your favorite podcast or if you are a podcaster there they are absolutely actually have a couple podcasts that podcasts i know i can hand off to them yeah and also the the time how long they are one minute one minute uh the beer 13 one is one minute 13 seconds go figure (laughs) (laughs) we really i i know a lot of uh, podcasts have drawn the line at one minute. Yeah. We absolutely need to hit that mark because yeah. it's not going to hurt anything for it to only be one minute. But there are podcasts out there. That, for example, Scott Sigler, he won't do anything. If it's 61 seconds, he won't do yeah. it. Mm. Yeah. But he'll do anybody's podcast 60 seconds or less. When you do your recording, you, you can do it different ways. Like when I did the Hardware Hinterland, I did all the voices. And I just use GarageBand to modify and, and, and change them up so they all sound a little different. That includes the female parts. Uh, but I did them all separately. Uh, if, you, if you are in a situation like where you are going to do a promo like that, I suggest doing all the voices separately. Don't try to do them all at the same time because it's impossible. You, will, you won't get the accents. You won't get the voice changes you're doing right as you switch back and forth. By doing them all at the same time, you can at least get the voice consistent all the way through and then you can just come up and move around fix your timing like when we do our promos we do this online we do this right like as we are right now each of us got our own microphones we do our own lines because of the uh, one second or half second delay in skype our timing's off by half a second on things so of course thing you know i'll say something and then bruce will start talking before i'm done if you are like we are across the country Everyone record their portion of the promo so they, they can be then stitched together and then tightened up as needed so the timing's good and timing's right for the uh, so you can get hit that one minute mark or that thirty second mark or that magic ten second high where the blah 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 boom 
I can't stress highly enough, you know, how good blue microphones are for their price. $60 microphone, okay, it sounds like a $500 microphone. It really does, and it really makes a difference. I have two of theirs. I have the, the blue snowball, but I also have a small laptop one, which when people, when I, when I, uh, do conference calls they go your quality is so great well, why is that because i'm using a podcasting mic it's a small one but it's a podcasting mic is that the snowflake no it's it's a little square one uh, i got right here i don't mean it's, it's not blue snowball i think it might be oh um samson oh, okay samson it's the samson i can give you the name it's the samson go mic Okay. This clips right on top of your laptop, and it's perfect uh, for rec- for stuff. It, it's designed to operate either only in front of the laptop, so you can get so you won't be picking up sounds from behind it, or you flip a switch, you get both sides of the microphone, and that, that way you can get two people talking on the other side of the microphone at that point. And if you're using a PC, you know Audacity and iFree Skype recorder work great. John, what are you using for Mac? Actually, I'm, I've been using uh, Audacity for the Mac for doing some conversions because it's the easiest one doing conversions. But if I do, do any editing, I'm using GarageBand right, uh, right. for editing because it's a full-featured... Also, it's got a lot of built-in stuff into it, too. It makes it a lot easier. If you listen to our hacking episode, it is a bit kitty scripting when it comes to making music with it. I'm sure that there is a large Linux-using mm-hmm. contingent that probably listens to our podcast and to others. Audacity's available for Linux. Yep. Okay, but I'm uh, as far as recording for a podcast, I'm not sure Ooh. what you would use. iFree's good for Linux, too. I found it. The guy, Ben, that visited our show, that the one episode, mm-hmm. uh, I found the iFree Skype recorder for him on that, too. Yeah. Okay, you- because I've, I've heard Linux and Skype, and I've heard this on Skype calls with my Dementia Radio friends. Linux and Skype are really kind of, they're not on good speaking terms. So I was kind of wondering about that. Okay, thank you, Blix. Yeah, I right now I use the, I'm using something called Call Recorder. It was designed it actually is I think it's put out by uh, the people who used to own Skype. Okay, because it, it's integrated right into the control panel for for Skype. But I'm thinking of moving to Hijack uh, uh, Audio Hijack for future recordings. And Mark, what are you using? As far as Skype calls, we use Powergramo, a P O W E R G R A M O. As far as our live stuff, we'll re- record on Audacity. It is a great free solution. I should we should mention. Yes, that's a, a big plus. And I do some editing stuff using Adobe Audition. And you get by on just Radio Shack mics, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it, that's what I'm using right now. Sounds good. It works out fairly well. If you can get by with good enough, that will usually actually work very well. Right. Well, yeah, I I use uh, for my show. Because I have two other people with me on my show, my co-hosts Eric and Steve, I use a, a stand-up Logitech, what is it, AK5370 stand mic with the little green light button to hit that, to bring the mic on. And, and Bruce and Blix have heard my show, so they, they know how I sound when I'm doing my live show. And then for the this, I use the headset to avoid background noise, so... Yeah, I'm gonna try to use like an iPad, which has a bit more memory than than a, uh, a, a, a an iPod or an iPhone. There's the iRig mic. It's a handheld mic. Uh, it actually has s- superb quality for sound, and you use it with the iRig software. Yeah, you're looking at by plunking down maybe close to $120 for that to get all together. Blue made a uh, something called a Mikey, which was it hooked into your iPod. 
mm-hmm. or your or your iPhone. The only problem is it won't work on an iPhone four. So I have a Mikey that I can't use anymore. But it yeah, was fantastic, cool. and I miss it because it was it was really cool. It just turned your iPhone into a professional mic. It really was awesome. But like I said, you know, it it doesn't work with the new generation. Yeah, and that's about the iMix software is that you once you record it. And you realize you got okay. There, I have almost no memory left on my on my uh, iPad. Uh, oh, look, FTP. I can FTP it back to my computer. Yeah, that's nice. Get rid of it that way. All right, so I, I think that's it, Bruce. You want to wrap this baby up? I want to thank Mark Kinney for coming and telling us some really great ideas about how to promote our podcast and for our listeners to promote themselves in the area of gaming or any podcast they'd like to make because there's like a million podcasts out there this time. A million million? Yeah. I just want to thank the rest of my podcast hosts for sticking with us this time and and our larger community of people. And we want to let you know that if you want to promote our games, let us know how you're going to do it, and we'll be glad to give you airtime. I hope we'll hear from you soon, but until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. And this is Mark saying good night and good luck. Yo, brothers, this was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts. Cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.